Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I can't wait to get my uh, plastic surgery to make me a handsome person. Matt, you're that pl- way I can be on TV. You're plenty handsome, and you don't want to be on TV. You're right, I don't want to be on TV, but I am not plenty handsome. Oh, that's not fair. That's, you're plenty handsome. You're a handsome boy. You're an honorary handsome boy, even. <laughs> honorary, perhaps. Not in fact. Hi, guys. It's like an honorary doctor. That doesn't count. I'm not going to debate you on that. <laughs> we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. A uh, bunch of stuff on there. I encourage you to check it out. Thank all our supporters on there. Appreciate all of you who uh, chip in. On this week's episode, it is a Pigmolian. Episode BABF12, originally aired February 27th, 2000. Written by Larry Doyle, directed by Mark Kirkland. It had a 9.4 rating. I do not have the info on where it placed in the ratings for that week. Probably first or second, depending on how Malcolm in the Middle did that week. <laughs> you know, the more important show. I imagine Malcolm in the Middle slid down as it went on, I assume, but I don't know. Like most shows do. Yeah, like most do. Um, the chalkboard gag, dodgeball stops at the gym door. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the person. Dodgeball's a way of life, baby. Oh, yeah. I don't have time. I can't. It doesn't stop for nobody. The couch gag. The Simpsons sit down on the couch as normal. The Matt Groening signature is on the bottom corner in the carpet. Mars erases it. Matt Groening wipes in and rewrites his name on the floor. It's all right. It's decent. Yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm just like, uh, OK, I guess if you're. Are you trying to dig at Matt Groening? Because good job, I guess. It's I, it's a little a little a little self indulgent for my taste, but it's fine as a gag. It's just I don't I don't need to see. It. I'm I already see the footprint of the creators way too much in The Simpsons. I don't need more of them in the show. I need less of them in the show. Less winking and nodding, please. Unfortunately, that's not the case in this episode because there's plenty of winking and nodding going on in this thing too. Um, this episode begins with a fire alarm going off in the house, or smoke smoke alarm, fire alarm, whatever it is. It's very loud. Some kind of very loud, annoying alarm. Very loud, very loud, annoying alarm is going off. Everyone in the family is crazy, is rushed, upset, nervous. Uh, Lisa saves her sacks, the cat, and an attendance trophy. Uh, Bart saves Santa's little helper. Marge has a vacuum cleaner, and Maggie. Homer has nothing because it's a it's a it's a con, a sham that he has he has created because he wants to go to the Duff Days Beer Festival and apparently they have to get there super early. How far away is, is my... how far away is the festival? Well, maybe the Simpsons just really enjoy sleep and it's already nine a.m. Or perhaps it's Homer should dark. be going to a damn beer festival by himself. It's dark outside, man. Well, it has to be somewhere in Springfield because apparently Mo is the person, the local bartender selected. Yeah, it, I, I don't. Again, this is like the this episode isn't actually that bad at all for the like nonsense stuff that's included in the episode. Like it is all, it's mostly on task. But again, just there's no no reason for this to be the opening. It doesn't make any sense. And they're not even, they're in their pajamas in their, in the car. And then they're in their regular clothes when they get to the, to the festival. Like guys, try, please (laughs) just try. Um, Homer plays beer music in the car, which 
Is that officially, is that what we officially call beer music? Is, I think in America uh, uh, it is referred uh, to as beer music. It's uh, it's pretty much just polka. Uh, yeah, Oktoberfest music. Like, yeah, I don't, I think everyone's beer music is very different. My beer music is probably different from anyone else's beer music. Well, probably because you like terrible music. I like very good music. Thank you very much, Matt. Actually, because, mm-hmm. and actually I would say I like music at all, which is more than you can say. That's true. You like the kind of music I can't even tolerate to be around, let alone I mean, actually enjoy listening to. It's the best drunk music because you get to rage, Matt. Come on. Don't you ever want to rage? Not when I'm drunk. When I'm drunk, I get a headache and I just want to go to sleep. <sighs> you're, you're, you need to find the, the, the booze for you. That's the problem. There's certain. There ju- is any booze for me. There's certain. You probably should. You should try a very nice vodka. It's very clean and clear. Not a lot of a uh, lot of uh, toxins that give you headaches. That's mm-hmm. high high priced, good quality vodka does not give you headaches because there's not a lot of toxins in it. You drink poor, you uh, poor, poor liquor, cheap liquor. It gives you headaches because there's a lot of impurities in it. And you don't drink enough water. You gotta drink a lot of water. Um, but there's cool. beer music in the car. There's beer music out of the car. Uh, Marge is taken to the designated driver area, which is surrounded by razor wire. I mean, if that keeps people from drinking when they should be when they're driving, that's, I guess, OK. I'm assuming uh, based on past experience is the reason it has razor wire. I mean, Spring- it's like, oh, the designated drivers are rebelling. They're trying to get out and drink. Springfield is a full of terrible people. So it makes perfect sense. This yeah, is our this is our like little preamble to the plot still section because we see a lot of beer festival stuff including uh lisa going to the drinking hall of fame which is ulysses s grant babe ruth and ben franklin i was you i didn't know ulysses s grant drank a lot i uh, thought well, i thought he was just a he, bad president no uh he was actually a pretty decent president he shepherded through some legislation that would have been practically impossible under anyone else uh but yes he was actually a quite heavy drinker but only when he was in his off hours uh when he was actually you know, generally, mm. uh, he, apparently he was quite sober. It's just one of those. But yes, apparently his legacy is that he was drunk all the time. Uh, but he did drink a lot, just only in his off. Time. I thought I thought he had a cabinet full of cronies. Uh, I think you're thinking of someone else. No, I'm thinking of Ulysses S. Grant, Civil War general oh. elected on the on the strength of being a, a you know, a general, a general. <laughs> I thought his cabinet was full of cronies. That's what I was taught in my history class at least i mean when you think about it everyone since andrew jackson has had a cabinet full of cronies except for lincoln i don't think about it too much matt now that you mention it so yeah the beer festival is happening oh bart goes on a ride too makes him drunk for some reason makes him uh, sure guys dizzy and drunk are the same thing whatever you want to say totally that's cool um we get the beer we we are we're there's a contest at the beer festival it is a beer tender of the year contest uh and we get introduced it by Duffman. All right, Springfield, rally up for the Duff Beer Tender of the Year contest. <laughs> now, fresh from his appearance before the House Subcommittee on Teenage Alcoholism, Duffman. Are you ready for some Duff love? <laughs> All right, today we're going to find out which of these bartenders has the right stuff to dispense stuff. From the Green Potato Pub at O'Hare International Airport, Michael Finn. From Juggernauts in Hollywood, California, Titania. 
And now, the local lug who fills your mug with the drug you chug. Oh, yeah. Give it up for Mo Sislak. Hello, Springfield. How you... <laughs> <laughs> How did they get that past the censors, Matt? You know, I think the censors just enjoyed it and were like, you know what, this is okay. Is that that and the Flanders, the Flanders Doodle? Like, they're letting in yeah. a lot of a lot of pretty aggressive stuff in there. Um, like, no one's watching this anymore. We're good. This is na- and this is I. This is a nationwide contest, and there's only three people in it, and Mo is one of the finalists. It's almost like one of those things where there are a whole bunch of these festivals and they have two ringers that they bring in and then they just grab one local person. So like, oh, next year or next week they're going to Shelbyville and it'll be uh, the Irish guy, the woman and whoever, you know, the Shelbyville version of Mo is. Joe. Joe. Yes, Joe. That's right. Joe. Joe's <laughs> Joe's Millslack. Yes. Uh, I remember. I remember while well, we saw him, his name was Joe and he had a uh, uh, a bandana on. Right. It looked exactly like Mo. Um, yep. So we, we see the different parts of the contest. Uh, there's trick pouring. Uh, Titania wins. There's trivia. Titania wins. And then the drunk toss, which is 98% of the contest. So the other two parts don't matter. And hmm, I'm trying to segue this, Matt. I can't think of one. Uh, yeah. And there's a dramatic conclusion? Not really. Bartenders, toss your drunks! And stay out! Ew! You said if I slept with you, I wouldn't have to touch the drunk! Duff Man says a lot of things! Oh, yeah! (laughs) Yeah! Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, I just want to say that it was an honor for me to compete with the Mick and the uh, the chick with the rack there. Yeah! All right, That's Mo. my move! Yeah. And now, to take your official calendar portrait, Duff's vice president in charge of calendars and fake IDs, Phil Angelinus. <laughs> That's a mug you don't want to chug. Knock it off, Larry. We can't put this face on our calendar. So Mo celebrates, and we get a hint that perhaps he's not attractive enough to be on their calendar. It's odd to think that Mo might be unattractive. <laughs> They've only hammered it, hammered it over and over and over into our brains that Mo is the ugliest man alive. Yep, and ugliest man alive. He's repellent in terms of personality and looks and smells. So yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not great. So I. This is a, it's a weird this is a weird weird lead into this because it feels like it would be a lead into a different episode like in the fact that it seems like oh they want someone to be in their calendar they're going to rig it so that the attractive women woman wins right like you do which i feel like if it was like i said and you know there's a different one of these every week and like the two contestants are always the same and there's always one local person you should make it so the local person always wins yeah, but it's but that's the problem, Matt, because it isn't that. Because literally, Mo gets his face in a calendar that is their count. It's like that is the Duff calendar. 
That's true. I feel like there should be a different Duff calendar, like in each region. <laughs> like, oh, in this state, this is the Duff that calendar. That seems like a lot of work to regionalize yeah, yeah, your yeah. calendars. So Mo is anxiously awaiting his calendar results. Homer brings him in. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, the new Duff calendars are out. The ones with your picture. Oh, boy. Move over, liquor license. Hey, Mo, this license expired in 1973, and it's only good in Rhode Island. And it's signed by you. Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to get that updated uh, for this state and real. Now, let's see the poster boy for the new millennium. Hey, they put a sticker over my face. Hey, leave a kiss. What? Hey, ah, for the love of Jeff. Am I really that ugly? Mo, it's all relative. Is Lenny really that dumb? Is Bonnie that drunk? Is Homer that lazy, bald, and fat? Oh, my God, it's worse than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why I don't talk much. Gotta love that fourth wall breaking. It's, It's like an unforced error, Matt. Every, like, and it's that's the thing about. I think this episode's fine. Like, I don't think this episode's bad, but it just does things that are cl- like clearly not like too clever for their own good. Like, Carl doesn't need to look at the camera to say it. He can say yeah. that. He can just look down at his beer and say, "This is why I don't ever. I don't talk much." Like him just talking to himself. Yeah, right. Not looking directly at the camera. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Uh, yeah, it's not. That doesn't. It's a gimmick. It's an you cannot do that, and they do it so often now. Like there's so many tongue in cheek, so many meta references, and they're not clever. They're just they're just cheap, and like that is a good gag. It's funny him Carl like yeah like trying to make Mo feel better, so he insults everyone else too. Like it's a funny gag from all these guys. All these barflies are all pathetic. Yeah, it's a good. That's a good joke, and that part is good. And then they just like, hey, Carl, stay. Mark, Carl just stares directly at the camera. And he's like, hey, get it? It's a joke. <sighs> okay, mm. thank you. Hey, have you guys noticed I don't talk much? There's a reason. Yeah, Simpsons writers, guys, come, please G- get out of your own way. Like, all you had to do was have him say that exact same thing without staring at the camera, and it's it's ten times better. Um, that's it. That's we go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, we see people that are uh, all the bar fighters are, try- are trying to. Console Mo. Say, oh, there's lots of people uglier than you. You're not that ugly. Blah blah blah. Uh, but Mo, Mo realizes that he is unattractive. He calls himself a gargoyle. Uh, Homer, despite their attempt to console him, Mo decides to get plastic surgery. Hey Mo, if you're tired of being an eyesore, why not get some plastic surgery? Plastic surgery, huh? Yeah, maybe they could dynamite Mount Crapmore here and carve me a new kisser. Well, I don't know. Plastic surgery might make you look good on the outside, but you still might feel bad on the inside. But I'd look good on the outside, right? Yeah, but you'd feel bad inside. Plastic surgery it is. Carl Carlson, you just saved my life. Hey, get out of there. <laughs> uh, that was Homer trying to steal Moe's money for some reason I can't find. I, I, I don't know. What? Matt, well, this is a Moe episode. For, like, all, hmm? all the way through. There's very little else in there except for that weird... The weird aborted b-plot with the elephant balloon but yeah why is homer like a sociopath in this 
because if Homer is not in it once every 10 seconds, you will forget that it's The Simpsons. I no mean, one knows who Mo is. But it's not like just it's just Homer being like a drunk sidekick to Mo. Homer is literally like gleeful over stealing and murdering, beating people, vandalism and like and uh arson at the near the end of the the second act. Like it, it's not just like oh Homer being a goofy sidekick. It is Homer acting like a literal psychopath. I don't understand why why like that's another another unforced error doesn't need to be in there like just homer can be there and he can be a goofy psychic that works just fine like they did that really well in um uh dumbbell indemnity like i feel that actually that actually gets that dynamic right fairly well and like homer makes mistakes but he's not like burning like gleefully lighting fires like like he's uh suddenly like he's ralph um which is also not great but it's just weird, just strange to me, like how they write Homer when it's like in the it's just I I can't wrap my head around it, man. I just no matter how much I see it, I, it just doesn't it, I cannot I cannot understand it no matter how much I know understand like it, it doesn't matter because they just write Homer however they want from week to week. He has no meaningful character anymore. He is literally whatever the writers want him to be at this particular time. What they find funny in this particular plot. I guess so. They need they need Mo to have a sidekick that wants to start fires, so they give him one. Whatever. Uh, speaking of an aborted B plot involving an elephant balloon, um, as we saw, Maggie got a, a pink elephant balloon uh, at the Duff Days Festival, and uh, Bart and Lisa are somehow strangely attracted to the balloon. Uh, not a romantic way, just they they want it a lot. Uh, but oh no, it has flown out a window. And that's where we leave this plot at the moment. <laughs> it's, It'll come back. Don't you worry. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. So uh, then we go back to Mo, who is getting uh, his consultation for his plastic surgery. Hmm. It's hopeless, ain't it? No, no, no. I love a challenge. First, we must install buttocks. Nah, nah, nah. No luxury items. Just a face. Okay, I'm going to move this up. This wider. I'm going to lose that. I've never even seen one of these. Can the medical mumbo-jumbo? Can you fix me or not? Well, we'll see. You know, most faces need a little remodeling, but this is a total teardown. Let me clean up this mess I made. Hey, hey! Hey, that really burns there! Oh, stop it. You're worse than fed, Donaway. Uh, I really appreciated uh, the doctor's commentary as he was marking up Mo's face. I've never even seen one of these before. Like, what is on Mo's face that he's never seen? It's a plastic surgeon. But it's not a luxury item. Well, I mean, a newer, nicer butt is a luxury item. Or are you saying that's the first thing you should get? Well, even before a facelift. I mean, they go hand in hand, man. Fair it's, enough. The butt is the butt is the face of the back. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It is the most attractive thing to look at on the back. See? For most people. You need to see, like, either way, you got to get them coming and going. If you say so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving along, <laughs> um, we get some more with the elephant balloon. Nothing really important happens. Then we go back to Mo, uh, where he is. Uh, the doctor is offering to show Mo's genitals. Uh, to the nurse, uh, because if we think Mo's face is bad, what about his genitals? Which is, this is awful. This is really mean. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny because Mo's actually awake and like, hey, wait a minute. 
Yeah. So yes, uh, at this point we learned that the doctor was trying to give Mo new car smell instead of uh, anesthetic, which you're okay. Maybe he is the worst. <laughs> maybe he's worse than Doctor Nick. Certainly seems like that point. Uh, but uh, then we go back to the weird elephant balloon plot, uh, which I think this is the last we see of it. Does it come back anymore after this? No, there's no reason for oh, okay. it. I don't know why it's okay. it, literally. It just takes up like two minutes, and I think they just went. We need to fill two minutes. Um, they chase after a balloon, and it ends in a gay Republican joke. Uh, yes, as Robbie uh, mentioned, uh, the, the balloon floats into the gay Republican uh, headquarters, and they're looking for a, uh, a, a a new mascot, I guess. And when the pink elephant flies in, someone uh, mentions, oh, it's a little on the nose, isn't it? Sure. We also get, and I, uh, when Bart and Lisa show up to collect the elephant, we get the bumper sticker, a gay president in 2084. So realistic. Um Lamp, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. I'm probably going to end up saying it many more times, Matt. Lampshading mm-hmm. your own bad jokes does not make them better. So uh, it turns out Moe's plastic surgery went great. He looks beautiful now, or at least as beautiful as a Simpson character ever will look, um, at least on his face. Uh, my supposition is that Moe still probably has a terrible body from all the, slun- uh, the slouching, but apparently his plastic surgery has fixed that too because now Moe stands up straight. Weird. It's just com- and has better hair. It just needs confidence, Matt. That's all he needed. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, at this point, though, uh, Mo is worried that this is all a dream. Oh, my, did you hear that? She called me handsome. Me. That's like I gone to heaven. Wait a minute. I died on the operating table, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but just for a minute. It's a funny story. I'll tell you sometime. So this is all real? Oh, you dear, dear man. You're one of us beautiful people now, and your new life begins today. A new life. A second chance for revenge. That brown patch needs a little H2O. Oh, yeah. Hey, Duff man. Let's see how you like a sticker on your face. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Duff man can't breathe. Oh, no. Ooh. So, yes. Uh, Mo being the spiteful individual that he is, uh, says that, oh, this is my second chance at life. I'm going to do things completely differently, like get revenge. Because <laughs> that's what Mo thinks of. And Homer, as we mentioned, is more than happy to help. I, yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, what do you want me to say, man? I, you know, I still like this episode. It is head and shoulders above every other season 11 episode that I can remember. <laughs> It's not. I mean, I think I don't think it's better than the Mansion Family. I don't think it's better than um, Brothers Little Helper. Those are the oh, two. that's right. That was, that was the beginning of the season. That right? is the season. Is that? Yeah. See, it kills me because I wanted to like this episode. I really enjoy the Mo plot of Mo becoming beautiful and screwing it up because of his incredibly spiteful nature. That is a good core of an episode for me. I love Mo as a character and I want to see him explore that and why, and, and we get to realize Mo doesn't change, but we get to realize that Mo's problems do not stem from Mo being ugly. There are lots of happy, ugly people in the world. <laughs> I'm one of them. That's, uh, not, but, that, that's very mean. <laughs> don't say that about yourself. Uh, in addition to Duffman getting a sticker to his face and causing him to asphyxiate, uh, Mo tries to get an apology out of a woman. Well, he, he goes to yell at a woman who told him he was too ugly to go out with earlier, and she apologizes and says, would you like to get a coffee now? And before Mo can respond, obviously, yes, 
at least going by what's on the character's face, uh, Homer throws a rock through her window and they run away feeling good about themselves for some reason. Uh, so those are the two acts of revenge that we see. I'm sure there were many more on Moe's list. Uh, but finally, he's going to get revenge on Channel 6 because it turns out Moe wanted to be an actor way back when, but he was way, way too ugly. Okay, last stop, Channel 6. You going to get even with that lottery guy that never picks our numbers? Nah, nah, nah. This is personal. It all goes back to my acting days. I was auditioning for the role of Dr. Tad Winslow on the hit soap It Never Ends. Angela. I'm afraid I... Thank you, next. What were you thinking? Well, you said you wanted gritty. In other words, ugly. I wanted Marianne on Gilligan's Island ugly, not Cornelius on the Planet of the Apes ugly. TV ugly, not ugly ugly. I've been called ugly, pug ugly, fugly, pug fugly, but never ugly ugly. Well, it's time to get some closure. Extreme closure. So, yes, uh, I really appreciate Moe's delineation of ugly, pug fugly, uh, puzzly, all, all the wonderful ways which you can be called ugly. Uh, and I just, Homer's extreme closure is mildly terrifying. Uh, as this episode has shown, Homer is capable of pretty much anything when he's bored. I don't, it doesn't, I, again, this is what they want, Matt. They want this. They want Homer to be a psychopath. They want... They want... Because it's funny, Robbie. Ha ha ha. They, this is how they imagine... This is how they get Mo to the television station with revenge. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we meet the existing actor who plays the role that Mo was auditioning for, Dr. Tad Winslow, who has been doing it for 25 years and has never gotten a raise because television executives are terrible, I guess, is, is, is what they're going for here. I don't, I don't know. There, There is one bit in this that I do find funny, and that is the fact that Tad, the actor portraying Tad Winslow, takes off his eye patch. He has a suntan. You know, he, he has the... Oh, yeah, from wearing it all the time. Wearing, wearing it all the time. That's... Yeah. I yeah. I think that's so, humorous. It's mildly amusing. Didn't really make me laugh, yeah. but I went, oh, that's... Uh, it's attention, no, that's to cute. attention to detail. Yeah. And he talks like a, a soap opera actor, even when he's not acting. Mm-hmm. So, yes, as Robbie alluded to at this point, Mo gets the job. Mo is the new Dr. Tad Winslow. And with that, we go to a commercial. Yeah, he's handsome, so he gets the job now. Exactly. You don't even know if he can act or not. He's a good worker. <laughs> okay. It, it is a, I'm you. You remember. I, I'm not even going to. I can't, Matt. I can't anymore. I. You have to treat. If you want us to invest in things, you have to treat them like they're real. Yeah. You have to treat it like, hey, if the show is important to to Mo, if the job is important to Mo, you have to treat it like it's a real job. You have to treat it like it's real life. I know the show now, Scullier's all of all the Scullier's hates treating things seriously, like things are real in this video, in this in this in this show we're watching. But it is not just it's not a necessarily even a choice of preference like oh i like it more cartoony so that's what we're gonna do it is a question of a of investment in us caring about characters and caring about what happens in the show if you want us to care about mo's story and care about mo's plight you have to treat the things with weight they have to mean things and for them to mean things and have weight they have to be somewhat realistic for us to care about this job mo actually has to like 
have some sort of interest in it before it happens in it happens in like literally six seconds the old tad winslow is fired and then moe's there and he gets hired um homer is trying to light the place on fire which you didn't mention um and he just drops a, a can of gasoline and wanders away oh that's right mo says uh homer change of plans and homer goes whatever yeah so you have to treat this things like if you want us to care about the job, then treat the job like it's a real thing. And Mo actually cares about it. You can't just tell us these things. You have to show us. It's all tell. No show. So we come back from a commercial. We get the intro to It Never Ends starring Mo. A lot of I guess these are jokes about soap operas. I've never watched soap operas. So it. Yeah. Sails like, oh, over look, this person head. has the same name as their character, practically. Yeah, it sails all over my over my head. I'm sure people who've watched soap, soap operas like them would get the jokes and, and appreciate them. Maybe uh, I didn't. They don't mean much to me. Um, Marge apparently loves soap operas. That's something new. I guess That's I can. True. I, don't think, I, I guess I, can, is, I don't think we've, we've talked to her about it or we've seen her even watch soap operas. I can buy it. I guess she loves romance novels. Soap operas are along the same vein. You know, kind of guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um whatever romance so marge likes them they're watching so marge and the family are watching the soap opera so that we we are kind of getting both it the the behind the scenes stuff and we're seeing the actual program that mo is in um starring as dr tad winslow so mo is now at the bar being groped by a bunch of ladies because attractive women follow him wherever he goes now we have homer and Mo practicing Mo's lines backstage, and they we get a a metaphor about parasites. And Mo then Mo gets delivered some uh, secret info about the future of his character. Excuse me, I got a delivery here for the producers. Top secret storylines? Uh, I'll sign for it. Eh, might as well have a little peek. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Looks like my character gets back together with that evil Contessa. The one with the amulet? Precisely. Then I get in a skydiving accident and have to be rushed to the graveyard. They're killing off Dr. Tad Winslow. What? Let me see that. Interior coroner's office. Close up on Dr. Winslow's mangled corpse. Coroner, let's get that brain out and wait and call it a day. Yep, that does sound kind of bad. Well, if they're going to stomp on my dreams, the least I can do is go out in a blaze of sour grapes. So once again, Mo has decided that rather than talking to people about something, he's going to ruin everything. Don't go and try and negotiate for your job or anything. I, it doesn't matter, Matt. You're right. It doesn't. But, it, you know, it, that's it just, does, things have to go back to normal and this is the way to get him there. I, the, I'm going to – okay. We can talk about it after the, after the, we get to the ending because it, it there's not a lot more because there's little – there's not a lot here. It's nothing of substance. It's, it's – Mo goes – to he hatches a plan with homer and during the film during a soap opera this is it this is the it's the final basically the final scene there's i mean two more scenes basically and the there this is how it happens i'm gonna first we're gonna say what happens in the show and then i'm gonna tell you how it makes no sense but mo and homer hatch a plan uh they are they are they're filming the the show and apparently it's broadcast live and mo has homer show up on set as an angel and to get revenge on the people running the show homer 
spoils future storylines. And then the ending happens. And I have... And it, it, this clip's a little long, but I might as well have all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes! What the hell are you doing? Sticking it to you for killing off my character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa! You idiot. Dr. Winslow was only going to die in a dream. What? Pink pages always mean a dream. I thought dreams was on Goldenrod. No, Goldenrod is for coma fantasies. I see. So, uh, what time tomorrow? <laughs> Escort these men out. Mm, now. Get your hands off me. Get off. I don't need your stinking show anyway. With a mug like this, I can get on any soap in Springfield. Mm. <laughs> ah. oh. oh, my face. I'm not supposed to put weight on it. <gasps> what? What? Sorry about your face, Mo. Nah, it's just as well. That handsome face was nice, but it was too much maintenance. I had to wash it, rub it with Neat's foot oil. You did me a favor, Homer. And to think, I was about to sell the bar to Hooters. Yeah, you were... Well, I guess that wraps it up. There's one thing I don't get, though. When my face was crushed, why did it go back to my old face? I mean, shouldn't it have turned into some kind of third face that was different? <laughs> Don't make no... They really have to stop ending episodes with, hey, this ending doesn't make any sense while it's still ending. <laughs> Maybe I don't like this episode at all, Matt. That's really where I'm coming. Like, as we go. <laughs> well, the more you think about it, you, you keep noticing all the bad parts. Uh, yeah. So, one, and I, soap operas are not broadcast live, and they have not been broadcast live since the 60s. Like, literally, I think 1960, from what my research showed me, this is the last year that they broadcast soap operas live. And certainly there are still certainly a lot of rough stuff that gets through because they're on very short editing timelines for soap operas. Considering yeah, we have to do every day. They have episodes every day. But still, it's the, it, there is a degree of editing and they record everything. Um, So one, that plot doesn't make sense. Like them spoiling the show. Two, as soon as they went off script, a proper producer would cut the show and they'd go to commercial and they'd work around it. Like, that's especially someone if, okay, we're presupposing that there is a soap opera that records broadcast live and this producer has been doing this for 25 years plus, which is because she's the same lady. And Tad Winslow, yeah. he says he's been doing it for 25 years. So they've been doing this for 25 years. They would understand how they'd have to be able to think on their feet. They'd be able to cut things quick. They'd uh, be able to jump to commercial if something goes wrong. And they go, what is happening? They'd immediately realize it. They cut a commercial and Homer and Mo would be gone. They'd probably start a different scene altogether and act like it didn't happen. They'd immediately wreck on it because people who watch soap operas are not super sensitive about that kind of thing because it happens all the time. Um, so this whole plot makes no sense. Uh, they have to act stupid for it to work in the first place. And then they end the episode with another oh, we didn't write an ending, so we're just going to make a joke about it. Except you cannot do it over and over and over. The reason I defend Das Bus is because there's so few and far between in The Simpsons in the history up to that point. 
in the Scully years, they how many have they had this year? Three, four episodes that end like this? How these are back to back. Yeah. Last week, Das Bus. This one. Well, Das Bus was season nine. Uh, true, but that's at least three of them off the top of my head. I like, think they just don't end. They just like, oh, by the way, bye. Yeah, it's I don't under like you cannot do this trick every week because it doesn't mean anything anymore because it is showing that you had you just went, oh, we didn't want to write a real ending. Yeah. And there's Mo is not a real character in this. No, and it kills me because he could have been this could have been a really good episode of his, but no. He's not. He doesn't have any he does not make any meaningful choices. What's what the meaning the meaningful choice they have is one that they have to make him have because that's how the, the it feels like writing. I I've said that before. When something feels like writing, when it when you can see the seams, that is that means it's bad. That means it's bad and needed to be rewritten. Needed more work. When I can see the bad writing, when I can see the seams, that means they need to rework it, rewrite it. And that's for it goes for anyone. If you're watching a show, you're watching anything, and you go, "Why is a character doing this?" And the reason is, oh, because the writing says they do. That that is bad. You should never think yeah. in good movies, in good shows, good art. You never once, you never once think, "Why is this character doing that?" That doesn't make any sense. Because you're so immersed in the story. Oh, yeah, of course, they do. that's what they're doing. I understand. Makes sense. And even crazy decisions that characters make, if you set up the audience correctly, if you set up expectations correctly, they will make sense in the right context. Because characters can act crazy and do things that are stupid and dumb, but in good writing, sets that stuff up, sets up your expectations for you to expect, oh, this character might do something that's stupid. And you go, and you're dreading it because you're, oh no, they're going to destroy their own life. Why are they doing this to themselves? And that's the type of story that could have been told with this episode. Because how does Mo get back to the status quo, Matt, in this episode? He gets his face smashed. And then, <laughs> huh, I don't know how it happened after that. <laughs> he gets his face smashed by an accident, which he had no, nothing to do with. It just, he walks out a door and then his face is smashed. And then the show ends. And you know what would be a meaningful character development for Mo? Is if he chooses to go back to his normal face. What? That would be the choice. Hey, that is that is the way you write this episode with actual character development and get it back to the status quo. You have Homer you have Homer basically disappear from the episode, uh, and you have Mo through whatever through whatever means, maybe you have Mo realize that everyone maybe he likes his acting job and maybe he's good at it and maybe he's getting it he's getting all this attention from ladies because he's handsome now and then he starts trying to talk to them about things that aren't just how good he looks and he realizes oh they don't care about any of that they only care about my looks and they don't care about me they don't care about anything i have to say or talk about they don't have to care about my hopes or dreams they only care well, about yeah, how he looks uh, there's another episode like this where Mo goes back to bartending school and then he changes his bar and and that episode proceeds like this episode should uh, because Mo realizes that his new li his new lifestyle is unfulfilling and that's that would have been a much better ending for this if Mo realized that and then went back to his old life. Yeah, and it's like it's simple. Like you and I just piece that together in what a minute. 
And yeah. like that's all you have to do. But they aren't. I don't. I don't know what they. I guess they. They think the slapstick gag of Homer, of of Mo getting his face smashed is funny. They think the gag of Homer spoiling the show on live television, even though it doesn't make any sense, is funny. I'm guessing. I think that's why they did the. I that this is what I have to assume, Matt. They, I have to assume that they are writing these things because they think they're funny in this comedy show. But the problem is they're not funny and they make no sense. And so because they're not funny and they undermine their own character development, it just makes it – I don't – I want to say this episode's fine. But I think ultimately what I really think, Matt, is that I think this episode is so much better than last week's episode. It has tri- <laughs> it has tricked me into thinking that it's fine when in actuality it's still mediocre. It is still not yeah, it's, good. It's not like – offensively bad but it's bad yeah it is it it doesn't like i think the other thing that hides some of it is the fact it moves really fast it doesn't it it doesn't like spend a lot of time in any one scene or in any like it cuts between stuff so fast it hides a lot of the inadequacies of the, the script which is i assume i assume that is mark kirkland doing that the director He's a, a veteran who has – he's directed almost from the very beginning of the show and still directs Simpsons episodes to this very day. And I feel like that's him going, well, if I make it move fast, people will be less likely to notice the problems with it, which is what I assume he is doing. Um, right. But it has so many problems. It, it has no – like I can discount episodes with no meaningful character if they're really funny, like the Mansion family is. But I don't – I thought this – I remember this episode being funnier than it is. Like, there are some good solid jokes in the beginning. Like, I find the beer festival, like, the, it's quaint and charming at times. There's good jokes about Mo and, the, like, when the it's just Mo and the uh, barflies just hanging out, like, insulting each other. That's fine. That's funny. But as soon as Mo gets plastic surgery, the plot – it goes off the rails. And, it like, it keeps happening. It keeps moving real fast. But it doesn't – if you stop to think about it at any time, you just pull on one little thread. The whole thing unravels. And I don't know. Which is going to leave you topless and cold. <laughs> and he didn't splurge on any of the luxury plastic surgery. No, no. He doesn't get to keep the butt. Someone gives you the choice for a new butt. You should probably you think about it. No. It's true. Uh, that That's the plastic surgery that he keeps on giving. So that's the that's – the, the, plastic surgery of the day now but well yeah butt surgeries you can get it you can get it done in shady back alleys by somebody just injecting concrete into your butt oh don't tell me i don't want to hear that that bothers Mm me um that's a that's the end of the episode uh it's not good um i did so i didn't think i was gonna ask this question man but i'm gonna ask this question is this episode broken I don't think it's broken. There's a lot to like about this episode. I feel like they got away from themselves. Okay. We will. I've gone well over the things that we could fix in this episode. We don't have to fix it again. Um, We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay. Here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I comb through the old Alt.tv. That Simpsons news group. See what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. What they thought of it. Um, again, vastly disparate thoughts on this episode. Um, I mean, it averages out to kind of middling grade, which is a lot of these episodes do, at least on the news group. Um, but there's a lot of 
some people really like them and some people really hate them. Um, first, positive. A little extreme wackiness like in last week's, it is occasionally a good thing. But it's always good to come back to a solid plot line with good quasi-reality-based humor. I saw a solid performance at Big Mole and it made me happy. There were several laugh-out-loud moments, such as the return of Duffman and Moe's liquor license. However, I do have one complaint. Where did the balloon subplot go? I would have liked to have seen the balloon show up in the later scenes back at home. Anyway, keep them coming. Season 11's turning out all right. So his only problem is the continuity errors. Sure. Uh, then the, the the low end of the of 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 the review, a less than stellar episode in my book. Mo getting a facelift was a cool idea, but the script was as poorly written as the ones on It Never Ends. It kind of bugged me at the end. Why don't we know how Mo's face went back to normal? We can just speculate. D plus. A less than stellar is a D plus. I don't know what these people think. Like letter grades mean. Sometimes I think they're based on percentages less than stellar. Yeah, that's that's about 60, 70 percent. That's that's what a D plus. OK, I mean, then we're just getting into the inadequacies of the a through the letter F, grading, system. a letter grading system. Oh, um, I don't I don't know. Man. I don't know what these people are thinking. I maybe it's just because it's so many years later or it's because we're just watching all these things back to back and we're talking about them so much and like watching them so much. And having to like pull clips and we're discussing it with between each other, but they are out of their minds thinking this is an A. They are crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think there's a core of a good episode here, but I could not put this anywhere higher than probably a C at the most, and it's probably trending more towards D. Uh yes. Um Cat, really? <laughs> not much else on the news groups this week. Um, a lot of just kind of normal discussion about rant. I don't even remember. I, I just, this episode's affecting me, Matt. We need to move on. Uh, we can, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite religious gag? Tons of great answers. Appreciate them all, as always. Thank you guys for taking the time. First from Josh. Uh, Reverend Lovejoy. No, Homer. God didn't burn your house down, but he was working on the hearts of your friends, be they Christian, Jew, or miscellaneous. Apu's answer. Hindu. There are 700 million of us. Oh, that's super. Uh, uh, condescension. Thy name is Reverend Lovejoy. Uh, from Joe. Talk about a preachy book. Everyone is a sinner. Except this guy. Um, from Martin. Rabbi, should I have another child? Yes, another child would be a blessing on your house. Rabbi, should I buy a Chrysler? Uh, could you rephrase that as an ethical question? Um, is it right to buy a Chrysler? Oh, yes. For great is the car with power steering and Dynaflow suspension. Uh, from Chris, I know I shouldn't eat the... Mmm, sacrilicious. <laughs> from Rob, uh, every Marge, everything is a sin. Have you ever have you ever actually read this thing? Technically, we can't even use the bathroom. Uh, from Brian, uh, Bart, soul, come on, Millhouse. There's no such thing as a soul. It's just something to make up to scare kids, like the Boogeyman or Michael Jackson. Millhouse's answer. But every religion says there's a soul, Bart. Why would they lie? What would they have to gain? Lovejoy dumping money into a coin sorter. I don't hear scrubbing. Oh, that's very good. From Matthew, I love all the clever stuff on the first church of Springfield Marquee. No outside Eucharist, no shirt, no shoes, no salvation are a couple of my favorites. My church had a marquee sign. I totally put some of these up just to see if anyone got them. I've yet, I've never, never seen a church with a Simpsons marquee on it. 
as I've driven past. That's true. I I used to have there was a church that I used to drive by when I went to school every day, and or no, I went to work every day. That was that's where that church was, and it did have some clever clever uh, marquee signs, but it never I I'm never seen one with an actual Simpsons quote. Sim, even using one that the Simpsons used or whatever. Yeah, I've never even seen one that had in in real life that had a good one on it. I, I it, they weren't all winners, but you know there was a couple chuckles. Um. From from Jess at Jess D two forty, uh, Homer. I gotta ask you, what's the meaning of life? Well, Homer, I can't tell you that. You'll find out when you die. Oh, I can't wait that long. You can't wait six months. No, tell me now. Okay, the meaning of life is. See, they don't even write, they didn't write the endings to episodes back then either, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a funny way to end an episode. That's, that's true. Not a stupid way. Uh, Danny at King's fan, Danny. In the garden, in the Garden of Eden, by Iron Butterfly. Uh, Casey at Casey Masterpiece. Flanders attends museum, but evolution is the that makes him ask, "How can you put up an exhibit on the origin of man and not have one mention of the Bible?" Curators reply, "Oh, we do." It shows diorama with a big hand, magically hearing life while "What a Fool Believes" by the Doobie Brothers plays. A little heavy-handed, but I can't. I'm not gonna it's not as that that's fine for me it's the when we'll get to homr homer when he has found the what a, a thesis that disproves god of course uh, yeah if that actually happened okay so eva at eva w uh from the movie not the show when the dome is closing in and everyone at church runs their mows and everyone at mows runs the church visual gag well worth sacrificing the town's geographical consistency for i agree with that I don't really care if they move things around the town. Just like they don't care if they move things around the, yeah, the Simpsons it's house. It's not that important. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, from the professor, yes, I would, Kent. Hey, what's the big deal about going to some building every Sunday? I mean, isn't God everywhere? Uh, and don't you think that the Almighty has better things to worry about than where one little guy spends one measly hour of his week? And what if we pick the wrong religion? Every week, we're just making God matter and matter. Yeah. Better to stay at home and not bother. Yeah. Uh, from Mitch at Mitch Doyle 13. What do we need church shoes for? Jesus wore sandals. Well, maybe if he had better art support, they wouldn't have caught him. Oof. It's a little dark. Uh, yeah. Ryan at EID9 from Bart's Comet. Homer. It's times like this I wish I were a religious man. Reverend Lovejoy. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. <laughs> Very good. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, my answer is... <clears throat> Get a divorce. Isn't that a sin? Marge, have you ever sat down and read this thing? Technically, we're not even allowed to go to the bathroom. That's just accurate and hilarious. Uh, yeah, the it, my, sacrilegious. The the, mm. the the waffle on the ceiling that's you thought was a, a, a speaker to God. <laughs> yeah. That's, Homer, you're not, that's not, that's just a waffle that's stuck, that Bart threw up on the ceiling. Marge knocks it down with a broom. Perfect next week's question what is your favorite mo quote i'll post this on all the social media facebook.com slash the simpson show pod on twitter at simpson show pod and you can email us at simpson show pod at gmail.com you can reach out to us those places and uh follow us get episodes in your feed all that next up matt it is time for the no google trivia challenge i am too smart i am too smart smrt i mean smart the No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. Three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. 
Matt has a 12-point de- deficit to try and make up. Totally going to do it this week. I'm going to make it all up right here. This is 16th episode of season 11. Six episodes after this one, Matt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you ready for an easy question? I'm ready. These are all from Flaming Mo. Flaming Moe's. Figure which if it's pluralized or not. What's the, sure it is. what's the secret ingredient of the Flaming Mo? Why, that would be cough syrup. Plain, ordinary, over-the-counter children's cough syrup. You're correct. You didn't have to tell. You didn't even tell you that, but you are correct. Uh, I know. I know. All right. Your easy question. Who does Grandpa replace Homer with in Grandpa versus sexual inadequacy? It'd be Barney. You are correct. See? <laughs> I know what an easy question is. Do you want, it, you want some applause, Matt? I do. Thank you. Thank you for that golf clap. You're welcome. Your medium question, Matt. What street is Moe's on? Uh, Walnut Street. Dang it. Oh. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna be clever with that one. You're right, because uh, I remember seeing the thing at the Wizard of Walnut Street. I'm like, oh my god, that one's far enough back that I've actually like paid so much attention to it over the years. What's my medium right. question? Your medium question: What groups are involved with the conspiracy that keep all the adults in their bedrooms? Three groups. Oh god. Um, reverse vampires, saucer people, and oh, I can't. I know reverse vampires, and I think Seltzer people's right. There's one more. I don't. Um, oh man, um, I guess something. Um, the CIA. Ooh, so close. I'm sorry. Is the Rand Corporation? Rand Corporation. That's such a weird thing. Okay, Matt, your hard question. But Saucer people is right. Saucer people and reverse vampires were correct. Okay. I never was like they're like this. It was some more official thing than saucer people and reverse reverse yeah. vampires. No, no. Reverse vampires, Millhouse. Um, no, no, that was uh, that was Lisa's thing. Oh, Lisa's. They're reverse vampires. All right, Millhouse was the one who didn't trust it right away. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Your hard question, Matt. What is Harv Bannister's position with Tipsy McStagger's Good Time Drinking and Eating Emporium? What is his position? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a composite of other successful mascots. No, no, no. Not Tipsy Mistagger, Matt. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Harv Bannister. Okay. Um, let me think. It's, it's only on his business card, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I want to say he's like vice president of acquisitions and something funny. Well, I might be thinking of a different business card. So I want to go with vice president of acquisitions and uh, assassinations. Hmm. Am I close? You're you're very close. I, oh, really? Okay. That's my my question. I, acquisitions I, and threats or something like n- that? No, Matt. The answer is simply vice president. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> it's just vice president. This is flaming. This is oh, flaming wow. modes. This is season three. They are not getting that clever with things yet. I think I'm just not, not used to a person. That, it's been so long since the person has held the the sole title of vice president. Since now every corporation has to have twenty of the damn things. I'm just don't, I don't know what to do with about the point things because you're kind of correct, but not entirely. Hmm. Hmm. I'll give you two out of three. Okay, uh, I will settle for that because uh, yeah, yeah, vice president. Wow, all right, just vice president. I mean, the the words tipsy McStagger's so good time drinking and eating emporium do take a good chunk of real estate right. on that card and the logo of tipsy. What's my hard question, man? All right, your hard question. 
what hotel do Homer and Marge stay in where they try and be romantic in Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy before the formula comes in at all? Oh, God. Um, you mean the one where they're in the janitor's closet? Yes. Sorry there, Fred Nethel. <laughs> Sorry there. Um, that is Ye old Off off Ramp Inn. Is that, right? that is one of them in the show, but is not this one. This is the Aphrodite Inn. Ugh. Where's the old off ramp in? Uh, that is uh, some enchanted evening, I believe. Aren't they the same thing, though? Technically, I'm sure that you, they I'm sure they use the exact same animation model, but it is referred to as the Aphrodite Inn on the sign. They got remodeled and new owners. Probably. That's the way hotels usually go. Yeah, they just painted over the mold. <laughs> oh no it's new now look it's clean now don't worry about it oh yeah yeah we threw some paint on it and replaced the carpeting you're good you won't get terrible illness man i don't like this you got me at four points today that's just not acceptable all right just trying to make it a little more exciting towards the end i don't i don't need to be exciting frankly i'm good with it not being exciting at all winning by winning in a wash i'm totally cool with that (sighs) i'm gonna have to work harder next week Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. We can move on to our final segment. The segment in every single episode. With it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode is bad, man. I, I it was I, very bad. Like I, I, I remembered the good part of it. Like, oh, Mo gets pretty and he acts, and it's it's funny how Mel's or Mel Mo's problem is himself, but it's just bad. It, 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 the worst part is this one had potential. Like, okay, I'm looking at like right around two seventeen. It's take my wife's sleaze. I think take my wife's sleaze is almost, better than this. I, I that's that's the worst part is I'm coming around to your way of thinking because take my wife's sleaze was just awful. This had potential and they squandered it. I mean, so I, I, I'm not even going to weigh it that way. I think take my wife's sleaze. I, I think we are in the, this is, I, I think it's not in, I, I would say it's definitely above make room for Lisa. I think everything below make room for Lisa is incredibly incompetent or is so mean that it's just not fun to watch. Um, these are everything here are like, messy 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 shows or weird tonal things or not simply not funny um or just it when you're when you're watching the show with a more critical eye you're not just watching over 20 minutes and then you're never watching it or you're not thinking about it anymore it it is a thing that is coming back around and around and again and it is the lazy lazy writing and it this 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 episode and it's just so frustrating for someone i i i consider myself a writer and i consider i'm pretty hard on myself if i have written something and i don't think i think it needs more work i am the first person to say so and i can't i don't i don't know how you can write something like this and not acknowledge the problems with it and try and fix it like i think take my wife's sleaze is more kind of it, at a conceptual level, it fails. Like you said, this episode has a, a good core that could be developed into a real episode with real character growth and real laughs. But after, when the plot starts happening, everything else stops. Everything else stops. And 
you think about it for more than three seconds, every none of it makes sense. And it is full of telling and not showing. It is full of Homer as a sociopath. It is full of Mo Mo here Mo is given something he's never had, or at least hasn't had since he was a child. Again, Mo's if you follow Homer Homer the what's the boxing episode? Um what's the name of the boxing episode, Matt? Uh, the Homer They Fall. Homer, the Homer They Fall. If you follow that episode, Mo used to be pretty, and then he got beaten until he wasn't anymore. But if you look right. at what I forget which episode where he talks about being a little rascal, he looked like that when he was a little kid. So I don't, whatever. It doesn't matter. I guess really, it's a, just a failing of Mo because they haven't been consistent with his backstory, and that has become another joke of Mo is that every time they come back to him, his backstory is different. He's like the Joker. Um, why so? Why so serious, man? Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever he says in this episode, he's like, "I'm getting." He gets what he finally wants to be a beautiful person, and there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff you could dig into there. There's a lot of interesting themes and discussions of beauty. Like it's like they talk about. Oh, Homer's like, oh, now you're one of the beautiful people, and there is. They don't do anything with it. There's nothing in this episode that is about. The 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 only thing that's different is Mo gets women on top. Like suddenly, women are all over him, which is again like just having nine ladies there in his bar. We don't see how they get there. They don't. We don't. They don't have any character either. There's the only one time they get even close to it is when that the woman that rejected him in high school asked him out, and as soon as they get close. Homer throws a brick through her window and they run away from it. Well, of course not. The only way women can be involved in this episode is as the executive who is mean for no particular reason uh, or uh, to be fawning over Mo. And like, I, I don't care about the women being like, yeah, it's bad in general. Like if they don't have any real female characters, but for the function of this episode, Mo is not a real character. Homer's not there are no characters in this episode. They're just they're just like bland images of people we recognize. Like they're they make character based jokes up until when Mo gets plastic surgery, which is like eight minutes into the episode. Like they make jokes about, you know, Carl not talking I mind I don't like the fourth wall breaking stuff, but Carl making jokes about the guys and then like uh Mo being self conscious. The jokes about Duffman and alcohol, that, those are funny. Those are good. They function. But there's no no characters in this. Like, not even on the base level. Like, describe Homer to me, Matt, in this episode. Uh, Homer is a uh, creature of pure spite. Like, what does Lisa do that d- to define her character? She goes after – she chases a balloon. That's what Bart does. He, yeah. They chase after – Same way with Bart, yeah. They chase a balloon. There's no – Homer goes to a beer festival and then we watch Moe's like shows the barest essence of character when he's anxious. Like, and that's like, I think that's the things I remember is like, Oh, they show him Mo being anxious about getting his calendar back because he's self-conscious about the way he looks. And you have to have, you have to like Mo is vulnerable, but they never even bother investigating that character. Like I, I, I like, I think I give, take my way sleaze, cut some slack because it doesn't have it makes no bones about what it is you know it is a cartoon they are fighting a sword fight with motorcycles and i don't think either of us like it 
but I don't think the show is trying to put on airs there. I think it is like we're riding a show where, it... where where people are fighting sword fights with motorcycles. And this episode is just a mess with lazy writing, bad characters, and like half a dozen, like not even half a dozen good jokes. Maybe three good jokes, four good jokes I laughed in the first five, eight minutes, you know? But I can't say it's... I don't know if it's better than Beyond Blunderdome. Like, again, I think Beyond Blunderdome is more cohesive than this, frankly. It's not good, but it's... I feel like this is is decently cohesive. It's just... Cohesive. Cohesive. It's just got bad parts that break it up a little bit. I, I mean... I mean, when I use the word cohesive, I mean, I don't mean it ends, but I mean, like, yeah, there's a plot that happens, but to have a meaningful story, you have to have meaningful character. You have to have that is required. And this episode doesn't do it. Nothing happens. Like things happen. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it has the appearance of cohesion because things are happening at at constant rapid pace. The show doesn't there's not a scene in this that is more than a minute long. It just cuts back and forth over and over and over again to different things. But when I say cohesion, I mean, it it is about a thing. It is about something. What is this episode about, Matt? It's about Mo discovering that the problem with himself is not how he looks, but himself. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't discover that he gets hit by a wall and then the show, the episode ends. He doesn't learn anything. No one learns anything. He doesn't. They he has to come to a conclusion. He has to mow. The character has to realize that for it to actually be that like that is your your thesis is what this episode would be if it was good. And I think it's what this episode maybe has the barest essence of at some point like it is what i think it is what we expect from it certainly because i think we and most people who have watched television before have watched the simpsons before they're watching this episode and they come to it and they see oh it's mo getting plastic surgery mo's always been the quote-unquote ugly guy so he's gonna have to confront that in some way and the way the show is presented him getting a new job because he's good looking, et cetera, et cetera. That would lead you to believe that it is about the fact that his good looks aren't the problem. It is his attitude, his misanthropy, whatever, which is true, but yeah. he doesn't come to that. He never thinks he is. All that happens is he loses a job that we shouldn't, we don't care about to begin with. Like the job doesn't matter. Mo doesn't want the job to – he accepts the job just because it's offered to him out of the blue. He doesn't want the job. He doesn't choose to get the job. He just – it is given to him. He doesn't choose to leave the job. He he does what Homer wants to do, and then he is fired, and then an accident takes his face away. There's not yeah. any point that Mo makes decisions about anything. He has no agency. He's not real. If characters don't make meaningful choices – there it it doesn't nothing they do matters that is how you demonstrate character you give a character a tough choice and he picks one thing or the other like in this case it would be mo having to pick his self-respect or his new face beyond blunderdome's bad but i think this is bad i don't think i think i'm not going to cut this slack because i had good memories of it watching it now watching it and discussing it now it's a mess it's lazy. And that's the thing, Matt. I just can't excuse it. I cannot excuse the laziness. 
Like the ending. I think we just watched an episode that did the exact same thing. Well, yeah, because that's what the people who were running this season thought was funny. Okay, where should we put it, man? We got to make a decision. Uh, I'm happy under with underneath Beyond Blunder Gnome because like the everything between Some Enchanted Evening and Make Room for Lisa, they're about equally bad for me. Um, Homer's Odyssey is season one bad. The rest are just not quite offensively bad, but just a mess, essentially. Yeah, messy, messy garbage. I'm going to use that word. I don't. Uh, that's number 222 on our list below Beyond Blunderdome, above Make Room for Lisa. Uh, last episode on our list is still Missionary Impossible. Fresh. One week. It lasted. It's lasted a week, Matt. I mean, honestly, looking at our next few episodes, I, it's, it's going to last a while. You say that. And then the, the three episodes from now was Kill the Alligator and Run. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot we haven't even gotten to that one yet. What happened in this season? Uh, you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Uh, there's also It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge. Yeah, and there's also Days of Wine and Dozies and Last Tap Dance in Springfield. Don't you like jealous wife stereotypes? Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, but 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 we do have Behind the Laughter coming up. Are we going to review that like a real episode? Yeah, it's not a clip show. Eh. It is over, it's 61% new footage, or over 53% <laughs> new footage. I guess. It's, we'll, it, I guess we'll do it. It is a pretty famous episode. And it does have, it's kind of like uh, Homer's Triple Bypass. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Our next episode is Bart to the Future, which is, again, I have fond memories of, but I don't, I can't trust that anymore. It is borne out. I cannot trust my memories of episodes. Especially not of the Stockholm Syndrome seasons. <laughs> I I really like that, Matt. That's I that we might have to. That's going to be. It's not the Scully years. That's the Stockholm Stockholm Syndrome years. Yeah, we are like cl- trying to cling onto the cling to the good stuff, and you hate it so much you start to like it. I don't know. I haven't got. I haven't come around yet, though, Matt. I am as low as I could possibly be. I think. I'm on The Simpsons right now. It's a, This is a slog. Yeah. This is hard. Um, but that's next week, Bart to the Future. Um, you can find this list on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there. Facebook, Twitter, RSS feed. Uh, links to uh, the best episode ever list. Broken down uh, by season and in its entirety. A link to our Patreon. If you want to throw the show a couple dollars, we'd really appreciate it. Help keep the lights on. We uh, help pay the hosting costs. for. They add up over 240 plus episodes. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Please check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. Most recent episodes about Mr. Miracle, which is a great comic. I suggest everyone read it. And uh, The Serial Fanaticist. It's about a bunch of nerdy stuff, whatever I want to talk about. Uh, there will be no new episode this week because of Thanksgiving. But me and Matt did still. We The last episode is still me and Matt talking about Lord of the Rings. So there's still that there to listen to if you if you'd like to hear that kind of thing. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That's true. I have decided I will be uh, retiring uh, to my mountain fortress uh, to study the mystic arts uh, just to try and go back in time and, you know, maybe fix this episode a little bit. So, you know, if you want to send your your mystical uh, messages on your fake laser ravens, feel free. It seems awfully strange. It does. It does. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.